Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Smart Muslimer podcast. My name is Farhat Amin. I'm your host. Have you subscribed? It only takes a minute and... If you do, you'll never miss an episode again. Love the podcast? Well, please leave a review on whichever platform you are listening on. And why not share it on WhatsApp or Instagram? My handle is farhatthameen underscore UK. So please go ahead and follow me and share it with your friends, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Warda Books podcast. Today, we're excited to be speaking to Farhad Amin. Farhad Amin is an author and host of the popular podcast Smart Muslima. She shares Islamic life advice via her website to help women achieve confidence in their faith. She has over 20 years of experience in the area of teaching and parenting. All right, assalamu alaikum, Sister Farhad. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast with Warda Books. Walaikum assalam. Jazakallah khair for having me on. It was it's really nice of you guys to invite me. That's so great. Uh, I'm so excited to be speaking to you today. So Smart Single Muslimah is a best-selling book um, that came out, I think, maybe two or three years ago. Uh, what led you to writing this book particularly? Well, it was a book that I had not planned to write. However, the topic of Muslim women and the challenges that they're facing, that's something that I, as a Muslim woman... I've been interested in since I was 18, I think. And a lot of the books that I have read by Muslims and non-Muslims have always kind of been on that subject. If it's about Muslim women, I tend to want to read it. And what was interesting, I that when I read, I, I take tend to take notes. I've got lots of notebooks with the notes about the what I learned from the books and, you know, just interesting things to help me digest and, and really absorb what I, I'm reading. And two years ago, what I noticed was that the issue of marriage kept coming up. But, um, okay, marriage is a perennial topic for Muslim women. However, mm. the um, in specifically, the idea that it was getting difficult to get married um, and it was 
and this was something I'm sure brothers have the same issues, but because I, I'm I socialize and, and talk to and, and read about women's issues that I don't touch upon the men, to be honest. I don't that's not I stay in my lane when it comes <laughs> to that. And so I, I was noticing this was coming up a lot. And I was just curious that why is that happening? Because um, I would say when I had got married, which was approximately 25 years ago, it wasn't as difficult. Mm. And, um, and I don't know, I'll be so interested to hear your thoughts as well. And so then I was looking at, okay, I was asking sisters, and I have a podcast as well, Smart Muslim Podcast, but I was asking sisters, why is it then? Why, why do you think it's difficult? So they were giving their views. And but then I thought, okay, let me do a bit of academic, you know, in quotes, mm. research on this. And I looked at some papers, I looked at books written by non-Muslim women in particular about the whole idea of being single and the kind of what's been happening in the non-Muslim, you know, sphere as far as what's happening there. And what I found so interesting was that if you look at your average secular non-Muslim woman living in the West, the trend is that they are not getting married. And so this is just statistics here, that mm. they've said that they're not getting married. And this is a trend that has happened since really it's begun in the 1960s. The trend for marriage has gone down. And the reasons why they are not getting married is that they don't feel marriage is necessary anymore. And we can definitely, again, if you if you read papers on this and books, feminism definitely comes into here and, and the sexual revolution. There's a few things going on here uh, that contributed to that trend amongst non-Muslims. And you have now, there's a really interesting book called All the Single Ladies. It's written by an American journalist. That I think that was a really um, interesting to read that the point that they have got to now is that marriage is redundant and it's actually okay to not be married you can just what you can do is you can um have your relationships without the need for marriage and you can just be happy you can be content with whatever with those life choices and you don't need to lose anything so for example um, in in the in western societies if you do get married you're as a woman your potential to earn is reduced mm. uh, compared to a man and they give various reasons. So when women take take career breaks, it's very difficult for them to then get back to that same level of pay or be equal to men. And so what this author was saying, it chimed with what many uh, other non-Muslim writers were saying is that women don't need marriage anymore. And the thing is that with the proliferation of, you know, dating apps, just Tinder, etc., you then don't need that need you have for companionship or, you know, intimacy is fulfilled through casual relationships. So that's what they're going through. Now, the thing is, for Muslim women now, so many of those things that I've listed, okay, premarital relationships, you know, even the idea of, uh, I haven't mentioned the idea of motherhood yet, that mm. again, they say it themselves, it's not valued as much as it used to be in, in you know, in these yeah. modern societies. Now for Muslim women, that is problematic, that firstly, we cannot, uh, alhamdulillah, you know, uh, our creator tells us we cannot have premarital relationships you know having mm -hmm. children is a blessing and the vehicle to achieve that is marriage alhamdulillah our deen tells us to get married but we're living in societies that are telling us to not get married that that is the issue and without realizing it 
we are getting our view of marriage has been affected and I, I include myself in this but then we're also being subtly put off it where we're thinking oh I don't need to get married or it will just happen or marriage isn't a priority it's you know it shouldn't be more of a priority than any other things that goals that we want to achieve so these are the things that I do I'm looking at in the book that we need to rethink this that if we're going to copy and without subconsciously just following what non-Muslim women are doing and what secular kind of liberal society tends to do we end up being unhappy because many of the wonderful sisters that I've spoken to they want to get married but they they've said we don't realize why it's become so difficult and what I'm saying here is we've become affected by ideas that contradict our deen and we need to rethink this so that that's the whole premise of the book right thank you so much for that yeah there's definitely a lot of challenges um when you talk about like getting married you know I was thinking about you know the title of your book it says um smart single muslimah transform how you approach love and marriage because it is that's what it is right because the way that we look at things is going to affect the way that we proceed in how we how we how we look for a spouse what we are looking for and whether we even want to in the first place um and and like you said if we are influenced by you know secularism and like if we just look at the data which is horrifying <laughs> then you know ra- yeah. any rational person would think like uh no I don't want that like I'm going to be unhappy and like all these things um yeah so that's really interesting that you that you said that and I'm I'm glad this book exists um so that people can have you know that they, they can really transform the way they actually think about like love and marriage in the first place especially from uh, a Quranic lens or like you know a prophetic lens um mm-hmm. So so let's talk about then the your the next book is much teenage muslima. Um how different do you think are the challenges facing teenage girls versus teenage boys and how would you say your book addresses these challenges? Oh wow that's a really good question. Okay so can, can I can I just very quickly go, go just go back to the the first book. I I did want to mention that that a lot of the ideas that I said are creating trouble for muslim women when it comes mm. to marriage. Uh, well you know okay so we've got secularism feminist the idea of uh, individualism so so much and but also I did I don't think we should let the Muslim community off the hook here um, Mm. in that there are certain ideas that we fundamentally know are not from Islam but we have as a community and I would say worldwide adopted them and they are also creating barriers for for marriage and namely racism and nationalism you know, Islam came to demolish, you know, in the time of the Prophet Sallam, it literally came to demolish racism and tribalism. And the thing is that our borders were created by the colonialists who um, occupied our lands, but we're still holding on to them. I know we still have nation states, but mm. when it comes to marriage, for example, you know, when you speak to women, they'll say, you know, there aren't enough men out there, aren't, where are the good men, or I can't find someone suitable. But when a family totally cuts off a whole nation from you know ethnicity of a girl their daughter allow being allowed to even consider someone from a different ethnicity and make it very narrow that you have to be from a particular tribe village caste uh, of course that is going to cause problems so I, I just wanted to mention that there are issues that as a community we have we need to remove from ourselves because they, they are jahil ideas and mm. that would also help it relieve that problem actually it's good it's great that you mentioned um, racism and nationalism because i i was really surprised i think a few months ago i was talking to a friend who's like you know around my age 
um you know late late twenties early thirties and we're in twenty twenty three, and she was telling me how like oh I'm not even gonna gonna consider people outside of my racial identity, mm-hmm. and I was like oh I I really thought that this was something that maybe your parents impose on you, but like mm-hmm. this was like she she was just like no I it's just not an option for me, and and that really caught me by surprise uh and and so it's great it's great that you are also addressing this in the book because. I I've always assumed that it was more of like a cultural family thing rather than like you know like a modern person uh way yeah. of thinking. So it was really surprising uh for me. You're right. It is. It's it's and and I think the thing is that ideas are passed on from sometimes from family or sometimes just from the whatever we are consuming. And I think this is why we have to be very careful as Muslims to think about what what am I consuming that is affecting the way I think to the point where I'm actually disobeying my creator and, and mm-hmm. that can happen that I'm not saying everyone has to marry outside their culture but you know when we ask the question why is it so difficult to get married I'm saying this is one reason and we mm-hmm. should address this because if we don't then this problem will continue so you know there's ageism as well where is mm. that coming from? You know, the the idea of divorcees that they are still seen as mm, you know second option, and you think why when the Prophet and the Sahaba, you know, through practice we see they didn't do that and they got they got married very easily. Mm. Um, people say, oh, it was so easy in the past in the time of the Prophet Islam came to bring ease. Mm. Do you think well, me as an individual, am I creating hardship for myself? Mm. You know. Stop doing that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think one 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 thing that comes up is that we have a choice, right? We have a choice in how we decide to practice our religion. And and when we unthinkingly adopt ideas like this, maybe it could be that we were just like being heedless, like we're not really thinking about it. But yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely I, I think like, you know, just the idea of our shahada is like we are choosing to say that. Like nobody is coerced in this, but you have to really choose how you want to obey your creator and, and what that looks like in your different, yeah. I guess, um, situations. So the second question <laughs> that I had, how different are the challenges facing teenage girls versus teenage boys? And how would you say your book addresses these challenges? I'd say there are challenges that young teenagers of all faiths are you know are really grappling with and I'd say nowadays the idea of being very individualistic I think that you know manifests in many ways so one I'd say being obsessed with yourself Mm. and your needs and what you want and you know that idea of me myself and I it's become even more concentrated nowadays and so everything that you want is important and you don't need to think about how your actions impact others it's about fulfilling your desires and your feelings and so then you know teenagers are living in this bubble where they they feel very entitled to having everything and people should accommodate them and that's not because they were created in that way it's society has mold is molding young people to think like that nowadays um, again, if we look at the fundamental beliefs of liberalism, um, which is the dominant you know, way of thinking in the West nowadays, it is individualism and your, your rights are so important. And 
it's about demanding and getting those rights. Now, there's the caveat of as long as you do not harm anyone else. Hmm. But we can see that caveat, that kind of is, is ignored a lot of the time because you know when being selfish you're not thinking about what what harm you're going to create to others so that's one thing they're being told to do then another um idea that is being pushed to girls is to be promiscuous and to sexualize themselves and that somehow by doing that they will be happier and they will be empowered it's not it's not just about dressing anymore it's about how you um that you should be the sexual being again this comes back from sexual revolution that fulfilling those needs and desires in any way you want to, um, you know, and gaining pleasure is completely okay. You know, don't break the law, you know, there should be consent. So you've got these, those two ideas. And then again, feminism, as in your coming back to your rights, that everything you should be able to do, everything a man or teenage boy can do, you know, you should be treated the way you want to be treated. Um, so for example if you were however you want to identify others Mm. must accept that even if it goes against reality Um, so it's not making young teenagers happy that's one thing that's very interesting if you look at any studies done by Pew or in the UK there's the NHS just looking at the again the data, data on research about the happiness levels of teenagers in the west and it they come very low in the ranking in the in the so-called third world and developing world um, young women are happier mm. but you think okay so they're giving those are the challenges they're facing but at such a young age they're expected to you know be promiscuous they're expected to make decisions without the you know advice or the reliance on their parents because you'll find that the role of parents is diminishing you know every mm. year and, and that is very troubling because young teenagers their brains are still developing they don't have the experience um required to you know know things about safety about you know about who to trust on on in a world which is extremely shallow and based on appearances an older wiser individual in your life who you can get advice from and that can tell you, well, okay, this is what you need to be careful about. It's like that advice of elders is being ignored. And just as an example, if you, the way that, how how do we know this? How, how am I coming to this conclusion? Now, all you need to do is look at, um, for example, Netflix shows that are the target audience is teenagers. I'm going to give you the example of Wednesday. Mm. It's um, it was very recent, and it's about if if anyone who doesn't know, it's part of the Adams family. There's a their daughter, a teenage girl called Wednesday. If you look at her character, now the show in itself, I watched this for research purposes because I wouldn't watch that by choice. Because she's extremely rude about her parents, like to the point mm-hmm. she she totally disrespects them, always telling saying horrible things about them she's she's a know-it-all she's very arrogant and um what's interesting is she doesn't present herself in a sexualized manner that that, because the character is very you know is gothic but um it's this idea that she knows she knows everything she's very sarcastic to people but she's the heroine and Mm. I was thinking when any teenager who watched that would think oh wow I'd like to be like her she's so clever she's so um independent this is a you know um she's got 
two or three guys that are after her, you know, as far as they, they, they're attracted to her, but she can just, you know, she can have any guy she wants. And I was thinking, this is so unrealistic. Mm. Um, and she's, in, yeah, this is the other thing. She's in dangerous situations. She can fight, you know, it's like she can do everything. And, you know, there's so many, so many shows are like that. There's a new Amazon Prime show called Power. And again, it's about women and girls. And and you see every show, this, you know, Miss Marvel, as far as, you know, it, it, the Marvel show. And you'll find that they all have that very similar message. Um, and you think after a while, this is, of course, a girl who's just watching these programs. It's going to affect your thinking. And what I, one of the reasons I wrote the book was that I thought there are very few voices which are saying to you, oh, sorry, another thing. In Wednesday, she's an atheist. She says, it's mm-hmm. very clear. She says, I don't believe in God. I don't need him. And mm-hmm. again, that is a very strong message that comes out in these. So, well, I was thinking for, for an average Muslim girl now, where is she going to get information which actually says to her, you know what? Islam and religion are not the problem, are not the cause of your problems to follow your dean will actually make your life better to turn to your creator for help that's who is what you should do you can't fix everything on your own you're not this super intelligent girl who you know who doesn't need her parents who you know who can have as many guys or girls as she wants and because i thought there are not enough voices or books or media that are giving that message to our daughters, nieces and sisters. And I thought that is a real problem. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I saw this this article that you had shared or some statistic about that they they get messages from boys asking for like nude selfies up to like mm-hmm. 9 to 11 times a day which is just really wild to me um and and this is really scary to think about right like as a mother or even as as an auntie or just somebody who's concerned about like the young girls in our lives I mean, I've seen the reviews, like it's not just teenage girls who are reading the book, but of, of course their mothers as well. Um, so inshallah, like, you know, they get guidance on, on how to to go about these things. Mashallah, our, our masjids, our, you know, madrasas, you know, all the places that we have where um, teenagers can go to gain knowledge, alhamdulillah, they are doing a, an amazing job. And I think what would Im- make that even better is that if they tackle this, issues that girls are facing such as you know they are facing sexual harassment where 
facing an epidemic of uh, consumption of pornography by men and now women as well. And the things that we need to, you know, and, and just wanting to understand what Islam has to say about sex education, you know, you know, so an Islam perspective, these are things that because of the hypersexualized world we live in globally now, because unfortunately the the ideas regarding sexual relations that exist in the West are now being exported, you know, internationally. We have that. So it's coming to our countries, it's coming to our homes. And the best way to um, tackle that is to talk to our teenagers and young children, uh, age appropriately, of course, about this so that they are not um, beguiled by it. Because, you know, all these things are very exciting and, and Shaitan makes them seem exciting and fun. And our youth, they don't know how to deal with it, except for, and with, you know, of course, with social media, everything's there, the click of a button. So for parents, you know, for aunts, uncles, for teachers, if we address it, you take the, um, it's like you take the magic out of it. It's like, um, it's so, oh, so they think, okay, now, so right, we understand what's going on now, that a lot of this, it's interesting with the sexualization of our societies, it's it's linked to capitalism that they're trying to sell things. So whether mm. it's trying to sell pornography or sell, um, you know, sell movies, shows, books by making it sexualized. But if you take that away, that power away from it by explaining what does Allah say? This is how we view. It's not the most important thing in our lives. It's a part. And there's a time and a place and there's privacy and there's hayah and there's modesty and you don't have to be obsessed with it like they are because we've got because they've got nothing else that's the thing mm. what you know so in the book I do have chapters about puberty and Islamic sex education purely to help parents if you don't know how to talk about it you can read the book and then talk about it to your child or you give it to your teenager and then because if you because it is embarrassing it's it's not the best you know not you know you don't really want to talk about that so hey, I thought, how can I help parents with that problem that they have? Um, and yeah, and it took me a very long time. I'll tell you, I was uncomfortable writing it. But I thought, no, as a teacher having and a mum and having, having no buts, I'll do it, inshallah. Um, and yeah, and inshallah, like you said, I really do hope it helps parents. Yeah, I think it's really important that you said that it was hard even for you to write it because you can imagine, yeah. like, you know, for for other parents who, who maybe don't have that kind of relationship or the guidance or like resources, it's going to be like even worse. So so if it was hard for you, who who's already an educator, then, you know, like this obviously is something very necessary um, to have. And especially, inshallah, if it'll be a good resource for them. You know, as someone who's surrounded by like friends and relatives who are parents, I really see how what like a massive undertaking it is. Um, and I always think about this quote attributed to Serena Ali, who said, "Do not raise your children the way your parents raised you. They were born for a different time." And like I said before, you you have experience over twenty years experience in like teaching and also in parenting. Like, what would your advice be for Singaporean couples? thinking about starting a family firstly alhamdulillah i think they should remember the reward that inshallah they're going to get for having children um I, alhamdulillah i have three children and um the blessings and the joy and the happiness that my children have brought me the outweigh the 
you know, the difficulties and, and the sleepless nights and, you know, and let's say the hardships. So it's interesting that um, this is another statistic. I, I wish I had the exact name, but there's recently studies that have been done that in the West, the number of children that people are having is declining. And it's in Japan, for example, it's they're, they're quite critical right now. So they are not happy. The birth rate is lowering each year. And when I look at that statistic, it makes complete sense. If in, in liberal countries which believe in individualism and are extremely secular or atheist, they have no reason to go through, they have nothing to hold on to when times are difficult. You know, there's no hadith there to tell them that Jannah is at the feet of your mother. You know, there are no hadith there for them to say that every, I'm paraphrasing, that, you know, every hardship you know with every hardship there is ease ease no so that's a that's the eye of quran um but you know even the hadith about any difficulty that a believer goes through you know you will gain reward for that it's you know the angels are writing it down so if you have nothing to help you during the hard times you're not you're going to choose not to have children you maybe you'll have one and you'll think that's it i'm not having any more why, why would i spend my money on children who you know cause me sleepless nights and i get overweight and i have to and i you know that when you hear i'll be honest when i hear non-muslims speaking on the radio talk talk radio talk um phone-ins about children it's there's a lot of negativity and they always think about cost benefit um and and I and I have to turn it off because God, it's it's not good. I don't like that mentality because it goes so against Islam. Whereas for a Muslim parent, so we're thinking they our children could be a source of jannah for us if we, you know, when we pass away, they will do du'a for us. Inshallah, if we raise them correctly, we'd give them good terbiya and good adab. They we will be a source of sadaqa jariya for us uh, now. So alhamdulillah, I think that's parents should really focus on on the rewards of parent, you know, being parents. Now, the thing that in 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 today's society, I think the thing that parents need to do is if we just focus on teaching our children our deen and being good examples, but you know, practice what we preach. We won't be perfect. We're going to make mistakes, but if we keep focusing on that, we know how we have the truth, and we teach our children that, and then we you know, create environments for them where they can meet other, you know, they're playing with, you know, they're with other Muslim children, other Muslim families who are going to keep, um, you know, encouraging that goodness and and the following Vardin. Then the things that are happening in wider society, they then will be more, more um, able to deal with them. So when they see things that contradict Islam, they, they'll have a foundation there. And of course, they're going to make mistakes. Be prepared for that. Um, but at least they have something that they can say, yeah, I know what my parents taught me is true. And and it shouldn't be just, uh, OK, believe in it because we tell you to, you know, that um, of course, it's a point where they uh, as young children, they do. That's all they do have have to do. They just follow. But as they're in, you know, abilities increase intel you know, intelligence wise, we can then give them more explanations. We can have better discussions with them and again that's one thing that in in the first two chapters of um of my book smart teenage muslima i do oh the first chapter dedicated to why do we believe in allah because mm. uh, when you're a teenager that is i remember as a teenager definitely thinking about that and alhamdulillah i was able to find the answers this is when i was 18 when i was prior to that i, I to be honest i was 
I wasn't very I didn't question much but then and then the second chapter is um why we believe in the the Quran is the word of Allah and then what is the purpose of your life these are questions that you have to discuss with young teenagers because even if they they might not want to ask you mm. they will be thinking about it or society will for sure will make them question so I think if if parents just do those two things, inshallah, and then do lots and lots of dua to Allah with help to help you, do you, you know, because without Allah's help, you can't be a parent. It's it's mission impossible. You just you need to when you're upset and you and when you're in your you need to ask Allah for help. You need to you can even complain to Allah about your situation and ask for guidance and and things change. You know, Allah turns everyone's hearts. Alhamdulillah. I, I was listening to, I went to a, a lecture recently and um, again, the brother was talking about this, that how Muslims, alhamdulillah, their our weight of, you know, as far as population wise, it was the, it was the census it was, that he was speaking about, the global census, that the number of Muslims is still increasing year on year. And it's because we keep having children. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that's really amazing. Alhamdulillah, they keep talking about population. They, when it comes to the Muslim world, they will always speak about overpopulation, and the, that's the problem. They'll what they will look at is okay. Well, what about distribution of resources and um, you know the accum- the greedy accumulation of wealth in in developing nations? Um, but we keep having ch- and we should continue that. We shouldn't listen to anyone who tells us no, have less children. You know, of course, based on your like physically how you much you can manage that's one thing but this idea of no just have one or two if they want if non-muslims want to do that because they don't want to go through the challenges and they don't have any concept of reward in in the next life but we're very different that alhamdulillah that this makes us very unique and mm-hmm. we should um you know follow the the saying of the prophet where he said you know he want to have children you know that on the day of judgment, that you know his nation will be so large. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, that's what our prophet sallallahu said. So that's who we're going to listen to. Yes, exactly. Um, I love that you included that first chapter just to establish like why it's important to believe in Allah or like why we should believe in Allah. Um, I also I think probably a few months ago when I came across that article that like people are watching like TikTok videos of witches which sounds, oh, sounds like yeah. such an 18th century thing um and mm-hmm. i used to always wonder like why how would how would um believing in a faith be be attractive in this time with like with like technology and science like why would anybody choose to 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 believe in in something they can't see or you know like a higher power and stuff like that and then when i saw that article about people becoming witches and i was like oh my gosh like that's literally People are searching. That is fitra, right? So people are going to look for something to fill that that void that, like science, just cannot answer. Um, and so mm. I think it's, it's really great that you have that that first chapter just to establish that because clearly, even if like you said, like, even if they are not asking these questions, they are obviously thinking about it because God has placed that seed because it's fitra. Mm. Like people are going to look for for a higher power or or answers to these big philosophical questions that everybody will will have in in their lifetime. And if we have that. As, as they are teenagers, as they are maturing, then inshallah I will give a solid foundation for their adulthood. So I do have one last question. Uh, so I was, I was reading up about like the work that you've done 
uh, I came across your bio and mentioned how you find inspiration in Surah Al-Asr. Can you tell me more about that? Oh, yeah, alhamdulillah. Um, yeah, so I, I with, with Surah Asr, I think, you know, I remember reading, when, when I read the tafsir of that many years ago, and I've um, revisited that a number of times, that in the tafsir it said that if a Muslim just took the um, teachings and of, of this surah and encompass that in their lives, that would be, it, it's like that's Islam in a nutshell. And um, yeah, so if I, if I just read the translation, by time the human being is in loss, except those who believe and do good works and encourage truth and recommend patience. So as many of you know, while asked in the insana of Yikhus, amanu wa amalu salihat wa tuwasaw bil haq wa tuwasaw bil sabr. Now, so as a Muslim, if we, you know, everyone will be in loss except those, and we want to be those that exception. So if we believe, if we do good work, so we obey our creator, encourage truth and recommend patience. So it's not just enough to believe. We have to, alhamdulillah, we have this beautiful theme of ours. We and we need to tell others about it, you know, Muslim and non-Muslim. And but the way we should do it, it has to be with patience. And so we can't be arrogant in the way we do it. You know, we have to think about well, what are the concerns that this the people, the person that I'm speaking to, what are the issues that they're grappling with? So you talk to their level, you know, and you um tailor what you're saying to help them rather than just it's not about oh, look at me, I've got so much knowledge and I'm just going to blast you with this now and you have to accept it. So it makes you very thoughtful about how you invite and educate um, people to Islam. And so um, bearing that in mind, I thought whenever, um, whether it was my podcast or the books that I've written, um, I thought I have that has to be the measure that I use. Um, and... Um, yeah, and alhamdulillah, and it keeps you, um, what's the word, it keeps you, keeps your ego in check and keeps you very grounded because alhamdulillah, all of us have been blessed with different talents. You know, alhamdulillah, um, I used to be, um, I used to work as an English high school teacher. Alhamdulillah, I don't do that anymore. I, I just teach online. I'm quite good at writing. That's what I realised and I thought, and I enjoy researching and I enjoy, you know, reading things. I was always a bit nerd. I was extremely nerdy at school. Mm. And I thought, that's my talent that Allah's given me. So that's what I'm going to use to, um, you know, to spread Islam. And if I can see, I can help others. And it's interesting when I was, I worked a number of schools where I saw the trends that were happening amongst teenagers, girls and boys. But we was when I was working at the girls' school, and that was a normal state school, but there were many, it was majority Muslim girls. I loved teaching that school. That's when it really did, I realised how hard my young friend, my young sisters were finding it to be Muslim, but living in the West, when so much of what they were being taught and what they were read in even the books that I was uh, had to teach them um like for example just give an example I didn't I didn't teach A-level English but I knew one of the books on the curriculum in England is um The Handmaid's Tale and that book is so anti-religion and is it's um anyone who re reads that you will read you'll think I hate religion I hate men and it doesn't, it, although it doesn't, it's a very kind of, you get the, it's a kind of Christian religion that they're saying is it, taken over the world. You, a Muslim girl would read that and see, think, 
you know what? That's what Islam is like as well. Islam is so misogynistic. It's so because you'll they'll think of examples of where men have mistreated women, and that does happen in our communities. I'm not ignoring that, but it's very easy to put. You'd read that, put two and two together, and think religion is the problem. Muslim men are the problem. I don't want to be. You know, I'm not going to follow religion in that way. And that's what they're being taught as a in the A-level curriculum. And the poetry as well uh, will be a number of the poets are lesbian and it will be either extremely filthy or it will be very, you know, um, pro-lesbian poetry, basically. And you think, and a majority of people, it's girls who mainly take A-level English. And you think it's, to call it indoctrination would be um, just, you know, I wonder if that would be the right word, but it's it's... it's like propaganda literally and the, our girls are taking these courses and they're reading these books and they're falling for it hook line and sinker you know you touched upon lgbtq before and it's so interesting that muslims muslim women in particular are being um again i'm going to use the word targeted because you know one book you'd say okay that's just one book but like five books five shows you know five movies all giving the same message where I have a chapter on this in, in the in the book where I look at Muslim representation in in popular culture. Each of those, so whether it's um Hala, which was um produced by Apple movies, there's Miss Marvel, there's um Everybody Loves Jamie, that was a Prime movie, and there's um Elite, which was a Netflix movie. Um, now all of those shows, um the thing they have in common is they they all encourage Muslim girls to take off their hijabs mm. and they're pro-LGBTQ. You'll have a Muslim character, if not all of them, they, these are the, like, the, what they'll have. So it'll be pro-LGBTQ, there'll be either some kind of lesbian or gay friend in there who the Muslim girl will put, be friends with and will support and they'll be, you know, buddies. Or the girl will be taking her hijab off or she will be getting into a relationship with a white boy or a um or a Muslim boy as in um an example of Miss Marvel. And you think, wow, that's um that's so interesting that when they do represent Muslim teenage girls, these are the ideas that they give to them. And again, it's not a coincidence. Um so as uh, what I'm thinking I would say as parents, it's quite difficult. Uh, we're in the situation where you can't say to your daughter if they have a smartphone, they can access anything. So the clever thing to do is rather than say, no, you can't watch this, is either watch it with them or talk to them about it. Because that's what, uh, rather than them just hearing one version numerous times, as an intelligent parent, if you're on the ball, get them to question, well, is this true? Is this even realistic? So, and that's what we have to do. So they'll get one version from books and movies, but we have to give them with the real version. Inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. Yeah, that's really interesting that you you're bringing up the the idea of like media representation and like you know and you use the word specifically like they're targeted right like clearly there's something that they want to push on on viewers and consumers. Um, mm. and you know you you're a prolific writer yourself. You've written on like several important topics, and you don't just write, but you also have your podcast. So perhaps your next uh, project would be a screenplay. <laughs> inshallah. Oh, <laughs> oh, that would be fun. <laughs> Have you considered that before? I'll tell you what has happened, which I didn't, I wasn't even, wasn't on my radar. I got approached to have my book um, translated. Mm, and sure. um, 
was uh, yeah alhamdulillah I was I was really surprised I'll be honest this was actually a, a brother but it was through a sister in Turkey um she got in touch with me and said we'd like to translate your book and I, and I said why <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like oh really and and she said well no she goes this um this brother who works at university he said he read your book and he said this is spot on this is what we need and and I said but my I'm coming from the western experience here that Muslims that girls have and she said no 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 um she goes we are facing all these issues in Turkey with mm. our teenagers they need you know parents want are struggling they need to give their girls a book to read like they're telling them things but it's like after a while your parents it's just like background noise and they, they start ignoring you and so they need to have from another voice um so alhamdulillah it's being translated into Turkish and French and I'd love it to be translated into other languages as well. You know, I'm open to that. Congratulations. Yeah, I think that's really important. And, you know, the way that you talk about, like, the West is no longer a geographical location, right? Like, the West is now an ideology. It's really, like, a lot of countries are, are behaving like the West or, like, taking looking to the West for, you know, for how, how to live their lives. Um, I mean, obviously, Hollywood and pop culture is seeped through even countries that don't actually speak English as their first language so uh, it always yeah. surprises me when I travel to places that don't they don't really speak English but like all their movies are Hollywood all their songs are the songs that we hear in in the west so yeah it's really it's really everywhere um yeah it's great that your your book is getting um that sort of reception um inshallah this Ramadan I shall make dua that the next one will be a screenplay so that it would be you know on Netflix <laughs> or Amazon Prime or something because that's really how people consume uh information right now right like through videos and um and through movies and stuff like that so yeah maybe that's yeah. your next project inshallah so i mentioned how like you you've written on all these really important topics like the hijab feminism even child loss and like it's always true like the women women's lens or like women's topics right and and you did say that it's because you wanted to stay in your lane <laughs> but if you could address <laughs> if you could address the men like what would you say to them alhamdulillah you have a lot of men who are in positions of power and alhamdulillah they should see that as a blessing and think i'm going to use that power to help um implement islam so that men, women and children get the justice that Allah has given us in the Quran. So I think that, um, alhamdulillah, men are heads of household. So that that is a source of gaining Jannah if you give justice to all the members of your family. Yeah, that's beautiful, mashallah. Thank you so much, Mr. Farhat, for your time tonight. Oh, it's exactly like a, a lovely speaking to you. You know, I might be coming to Singapore. Um, oh, really? Yeah, me and my husband were... Uh, um, planning a visit to Malaysia and then my husband said oh we could pop down to Singapore and I was like oh yeah that would be lovely so yes. if that happens I will get in touch with you inshallah all right thank you again so much for your time have a blessed Ramadan you too assalamualaikum Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.